I know I don't know much about you. Racing through my head, all thoughts about you. Yeah, you know I never try to hurt you. You know, and I hate to see you go. Yeah, I got something to say. Welcome in to another episode of the Pod Chat. I'm your host, Quinn Kaiser, taking the reins from Jordan Smith. He's going to play second fiddle to me this evening with with Roger Brandsetter coming in with some clutch minutes as well. Uh, they're both joining in on the line, um, on the Google Hangout line, uh, for episode titled Peak TV. Welcome yeah. in, guys. We're at the peak. <laughs> the most peak of TV. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Uh, for those of you listening to this in the future, uh, the peak of television was uh, April 20th of 2018. Um, everything that came afterwards was was not going to live up to it. We're, I think we're in a pretty golden age, just not speaking so much in outlandish talk, but but real life talk. I think we're in. I think we're in a pretty amazing age. What do you guys think? To. Uh... <laughs> Call back something we were talking about pre-pod and reference a current TV show. I think we're in uh, the good place with TV right now. (laughs) Uh, There's almost, I I would, I don't think it'd be crazy to say there's too much to watch on right now. And it's all, not all of it, but the bulk that filters through into public consciousness and the things that the podcasts that we all listen to talk about are good TV shows on a variety of networks. Yeah, we're in an excellent space. Um, I mean, not only is technology just light years better than it was even 10 years ago, but we're in a, an area where streaming television comes into play and um, just hundreds of shows, just content everywhere that you are able to take some weird and crazy chances with what you're putting on TV if you're a studio. So that just the variety makes everything 10 times better in that way. Yeah, fully agree. I think we're at a place where streaming is like peak streaming. You can stream all of your favorites from the office to uh, game of Thrones. There's a quite a library of, of options. Um, no matter what your taste is uh, today, we're going to talk about a few of ones that are backlogged with shows, but also coming out, which I think all of them are weekly shows at this point as well. Uh, in April 2018, I want to start off just by understanding for you guys what makes a TV show peakest or greatest to you. Jordan, you want to take it? I think what makes this a big fat peak is I really like when on a TV show either when a character can say a lot without having to say a lot of words or when the dialogue is really good. So it's like on both ends of the spectrum, I really like good facial acting, whether it's, you know, Brian Tyree Henry in Atlanta, or when you're watching game of Thrones and there's just two really imposing characters, um, having a sort of battle of the wits type of deal. Um, so it's really about, how the how the characters are written and what they're saying within the show. I mean, 
a lot of times in TV shows, the the plot and the arcs can be very similar. You know, there's the classic redemption arc. There's the hero arc. There's the hero turned villain arc. It's it can all get a little bit repetitive. But what makes them all unique is how they go about doing that. And that's either through their uh, nonverbal cues or through the hefty dialogue. Got to get a good Sorkin esque writer in the writer's room to give these guys some, some good language. I'm glad you said that. Uh, what I think makes great TV is, um, I mean, good acting and a great script. Uh, and the example I was going to give was West Wing. So Aaron Sorkin shout out, uh, <laughs> but, uh, time and again, the shows that I find myself most drawn to and that I think most critics and people generally regard as like the great shows, have really really good scripts and the acting is above average at least um it's uh, what propels a show from like great to greatest is usually like if it looks super good so when you think breaking bad and just the long shots of the desert or west wing for instance um they had the walk and talks as, as they're called or the camera follows people down the hallway so if it's visually interesting, it can be greatest, but I think for a show to be just regular, baseline great, script needs to be good, and the actors need to be good. Nice. I, I think I agree with all of that. I uh, If I had to narrow it down to just one, if I had to choose between the plot and a character to just watch a show, not necessarily a great show, uh, I'm going to err on which show has the characters that I'm most interested in. Um, I, I'm mostly thinking I want to see how a character like you said, Jordan, how they interact with that plot line. And I think that's really important when I'm starting out thinking about a TV show. So I, I do think plot and characters are both necessary. And, and from that, the dialogue is certainly plays into them uh, as part of a sticky mesh of, of what's going on. Um, and, and one show that I think, works really well for me when I think about just characters in general is Silicon Valley, which is on HBO right now in season five. We call that a segue. (laughs) Before we segue though, I just want to add one more thing to Quinn's point is um, talking back to uh, the good place. I think the, the plot of the good place and from show to show it's, very very basic and simple the essence of it is what makes a person good and like what qualifies a person to be good versus bad but it's the characters like it's uh ted danson and Kristen bell like batting a thousand in that show that make you want to go back to it you know episode after episode but it is very different from say a silicon valley yeah i mean it's like just a procedural goofy comedy Versus, like it really doesn't at the end of the first season they essentially just press the reset button <laughs> so yes. it's, like literally press the reset button yeah, no spoilers is, but <laughs> actually that is a spoiler that's the biggest spoiler <laughs> uh yeah quinn you were segueing <laughs> before i, I interrupted insert a rewind and, and cut that back in there for you uh but a, a show that i don't necessarily think is is great when you're thinking about like the wire or breaking bad but a show that personally i think is great uh, or a show that i always want to watch is silicon valley and though the plot can sometimes frustrate me as 
Um, Richard, the their CEO at Pied Piper, is often a bubbling buffoon that makes you just very frustrated if you work in any if you work in real life, uh, and you often think about all of the ridiculousness that comes from him being CEO uh, can be frustrating. Um, but the characters of Silicon Valley make it a show that I always want to come back to and engage with. And for me, that most important character is Richard and his arc throughout the series. So a, a quick recap um, for those of you that haven't watched it four times since it's come out like I have. Um Richard's <laughs> certainly not the most popular, but uh, his character arc uh, going from working at Hooli underneath Gavin Belson and not even like directly underneath, but a, a low-level programmer basically comes up with this algorithm that ends up by the end of the season winning uh, an award and they go on to make Pied Piper and doing all these things with their algorithm, getting funding, and Richard's clearly not ready for the CEO um, to him being replaced as the CEO, um, him leaving the company, uh, realizing that what he really truly loves is that algorithm now coming back to the company and being the CEO again. Um, and all the while, those different conflicts in each season, different conflicts and rivals in each episode. Um, but Richard's character arc, though, he continues to shit his pants every episode. <laughs> and run through the glass. Um, yes, he continues to be a buffoon. He is a much more competent CEO, or at least this season, it feels like he's better tasked. Uh, and I've seen his growth in that way, uh, along with every other character's growth and, and many stories that branch off uh, from his story. Uh, and that's what keeps pulling me back in. And of course, the humor and writing, totally worth it. Yeah, for people that don't watch Silicon Valley, they will know uh, Richard, whose actor name is Thomas Middleditch from the super annoying Verizon wireless commercials. He's an annoying guy you hate. <laughs> he's essentially the exact same person. Like, just imagine him on Silicon Valley doing the same things, being just as like weird and skinny and awkward. That's just his aesthetic. And I don't know him in any other roles than Silicon in that uh, commercial, but. Richard is probably on the short list for like worst main characters in a good TV show. That's a pretty, pretty warm take you got there. <laughs> it is super lukewarm. He, uh, I, I would agree that uh, Richard in almost every season has done just dumb, dumb shit. <laughs> over and over. Um, this is neurosis, I swear. And yet we're still like rooting for him, which is, I don't know, something, I guess. Uh, I really, really like this show a lot. Um, the first season I thought was like one of the funniest things that was out that year. And I think it's deserving of the, um, what are they for TV? The primetime Emmys. Uh, I think it was nominated for outstanding comedy and it, I think it fully deserves that. Um, I always think the humor is like pretty, pretty funny. Even if, I mean, the, if you're, if you're going to make a show about Silicon Valley, you sort of have to work in the nerdery, but at the same time, if you're writing a TV show, you need to make it accessible for literally everyone else who has no idea what they're talking about. And I think they sprinkle in just enough of the tech stuff to make you feel 
I don't know, a little smarter about it, or at least kind of understand what they're talking about. But at the same time, make all of the jokes super relatable, work in pop culture references, make it relatively recent feeling. Um, and on top of that, the casting is really good. And I, I think everyone basically acts how you would expect guys in tech that just started a company uh, revolving around the internet to, to act just nerdy and socially inept at times for Richard. And um, yeah, really good show. It's one of the reasons why uh, my HBO subscription is worth it. Brought to you by HBO. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a comparison too. And it's also to one of my other favorite underrated comedies and that's Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, where they're taking you into this separate world that you may not know a whole lot about, whether that's tech industry or law enforcement. And really, it's not about what they do in each industry. I mean, there's a lot of technical mumbo jumbo within Silicon Valley, but you don't have to be a tech bro to understand the show at all. And you don't have to be somebody with a law degree to understand what's happening in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where the both of those shows get their gold is the interaction between the characters themselves, like bouncing back and forth off of each other, the Guilfoyle and Dinesh, you know, back and forth, like frenemy type of deal. That's where the show really gets its gold. Same thing with Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, I keep up mad hard for uh, the 30 minute HBO shows, whether that's Silicon Valley ballers or, entourage that i'm literally currently re-watching for like the ninth <laughs> time in a row because i couldn't stop after we watched it in dc <laughs> once you pop you can't stop <laughs> literally i was actually going to compare entourage to silicon valley i mean silicon valley is not quite that same i don't know lifestyle porn is what i've heard a lot of people describe entourage as but it very much is a group of friends, as much as Gilfoyle and Dinesh may bicker, uh, that are going about life and encountering just random situations and love interests, et cetera. And um, I don't know, the, the friend group thing is, uh, is very similar. Also, they're both in California. <laughs> I, I do think, to, to borrow your term there of lifestyle porn, I, I think it has some element to that in that who wouldn't want to start their own company worth billions of dollars and, and be able to you know, work and live with their friends. Um, I'm sure at some point, if you've lived in a college household, you've had the thought, what if we just bought this house and just kept on going? Um, right. <laughs> Start an incubator. And it, and it kind of feels like an extension of if you literally just never had to grow up and become, um, I don't know what, what your job might be uh, someone working in Excel or like being a desk jockey somewhere, but instead of living in a home with your friends and wear a button up and a, a hoodie to work every day. <laughs> How do you guys rank the characters of Silicon Valley? The, I guess the five main ones from the first few seasons before TJ Miller got chip canned. Oh. Uh Go ahead, Quinn. I have to like think about this. Importance or like your, your favorite? Rank them. <laughs> uh, I mean, my favorite character is is OJ, um, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Just by far, like the things that he's saying during episodes, like he has a whole 
extra like five lives that he's lived before the role that he's currently in. Um, and his humor just like comes out of left field sometimes and really just adds to his show. Like I love just the little details about his previous lives. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So he'd be like just my favorite from a watching perspective, I guess, but uh, definitely the character I'm rooting the most for is, is Richard. I don't think the show works if, um, that actor isn't there. He he couldn't have a TJ Miller type exodus, in my opinion, uh, for them to keep going. Uh, after that, uh, I really like um, Gilfoyle a lot. Um, for often his one liners, um, and he never really breaks from his character. Uh, the, not that the others do, but he's really he's always a satanist i guess I, I don't know if he's actually a satanist but he's always like he is <laughs> um very much satanist ai is gonna ruin the world and also like i'm the best at doing this and fuck you get out of my way <laughs> um those are those are my three favorites uh i'm, I'm gonna leave it at the, at those three oh to, to give some airtime to jordan well uh, you left off with Gilfoyle, but he's at the top of my list. I love watching, like, whenever he comes on, um, his deadpan humor is just hilarious to me. Uh, Gilfoyle, probably Bachman as number two. He was funny when he was on. He wasn't necessarily a, a necessary character, but I always liked his little... I thought he added something a little extra to the show, which I think is missing a little bit this season um, without him there. Um, then I'd have to go Jared and Dinesh. I'm going to group them together in some some order. They're like 3A and 3B there. I can't really pick one over the other because they kind of both serve the same purpose. Um, they're, they're there to help other characters flourish i feel like like they're there for um jared's there to help uh richard be a better character and better person and um dinesh is there to be a punching bag to guilfoyle and dinesh can sometimes give it back but he's a little bit too nerdy to do that sometimes um are we gonna throw monica in there because i'll put her above richard <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> all right <laughs> Uh, we can skip to me, I guess. We know where you stand with Richard. <laughs> Big head, too. <laughs> Ultimate L. Uh, I, I definitely am a big, big Jared fan. Uh, just he's funny and his doe eyed innocence is very often what makes the jokes work. And his blind support of Richard <laughs> kind of drives the series a few times and is funny. Um, and then I think I have uh, probably. Richard, then Dinesh, then Gilfoyle. I like Rich. Like I just like. <laughs> I like how Richard just sucks so much. <laughs> it makes me feel so much better, and his is just social awkwardness is so cringeworthy. It's like not an enjoyable experience to watch, but it is very what Scheuden Froud, I think, is the phrase. Uh, mm -hmm. Liking seeing other people fail. <laughs> uh, I think I like Dinesh better than Gilfoyle only because of the same thing with Richard. It's always just like watching him fail or watching him upgrade the video chat quality so he can see this girl better because <laughs> he doesn't think she's hot and she ends up not thinking he's hot. Just 
goofy, goofy shit like that. And well, it's nothing against like you can't afford. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and then I have Gilfoyle last, but it's not really because I don't like him. It's just sort of how the rankings have to go. And I um, pulled an NCAA uh, and stripped <laughs> TJ Miller of any place in this. No eligibility. Can we talk about TJ Miller? Because I, uh, Jordan, you said you you are missing him this season, and I am not. Um, and it sounds like Roger, you maybe aren't. I'm either. not really. I thought he was pretty much useless in season four, but I, I mean, he was funny in the first three, and he clearly had plot significance. I'm just not really missing any of just like the loud, brash. I don't know, just kind of bro humor. I guess I don't really know if that's the right phrase or term. I like that he he's like an OG and that he thinks that he knows exactly how to run Silicon Valley, which he, I mean, just through his own dealings, you realize he I doesn't. Demonstrably um, doesn't. <laughs> but I, I guess at the same time with this season, it's not so much that he was needed or was necessary to the story um, and that they need to keep him in there. I just don't really like what they replaced him with. Um, there's like this weird Jin Yang side story now that I just think is completely unnecessary. And it's just adding, it's just adding something to Silicon that I don't think is needed. Like it can go and revolve around the central four and that's enough plot for me. Like they don't have to have this whole gross, like Jin Yang trying to become the main person running Bachman's estate and pretending that he's a dead pig. And like that stuff was just over the top. And I'm like, this, I don't need this. I liked what they had before better, but at the same time, they don't need either one. I, I have some sense. good news for you. Yeah, you're going to like this latest episode. <laughs> uh, I, have, oh, I had the same <laughs> feeling in that I wasn't sure why they were building up Jin Yang, but I, I am now seeing that it was a way to close the TJ Miller storyline um and uh, where are we at in this season are we are we halfway through now i think of the think tonight was five the halfway point and i think it's transition to setting up for that run to the end um and jin yang is no longer really a rival um i, I don't want to give it too much away if you haven't seen it yet jordan um but you He's are still- correct it stays central to those four uh, and I think it's going to build up from here on out. Self five. <laughs> so, so uh, one quick rapid fire. Um, would you guys uh, want to work for Gavin Belson or uh, Richard? Gavin, are you kidding? The company, it's like working for Apple or working for um, farmersonly.com. <laughs> Yeah, and in the last episode, he, I believe in a four, hired a bunch of coders away from Richard and is essentially paying them to do nothing, which sounds pretty <laughs> fucking great. Oh, yeah, it's going to say easy like, way out. Okay. If you All run right. out of work on your contract, you just go hang out and still get paid. All right, so neither of you want to put in the hard work, but I'm, I'm going to make you put in the hard work with another segue. Certainly. Put in the hard work, and uh, it's time to sell me on Thank your you. guys favorite show of the season i think it comes up in the group chat every week and i ignore notifications for about 30 minutes until my phone's all wet and then i know you guys are done and jump back in to see what i missed in billions talk um tell me about billions guys 
I always try to reference something you like in our billions chats. <laughs> uh, what do you want to know? Well, uh, so it's in our peak TV. We're building up to our, our favorite show on right now, I think. Um, but tell me, maybe Billions is your guys' peak TV show of, of this. Is it in season? I don't know. I don't know anything yeah. about Billions. It's Very so much in season. Yeah. So it's a Showtime show. For those, is it the, can I ask right away? Is it the best show on right now, or is the best show still coming in this sheet? Uh, Does it match that one? No, but it's um, it's, it's really my good. favorite. Sh- well, uh. no, it's not. It's <laughs> the show close. we're talking about in the background, but not talking about is Atlanta. Uh, it's a hard two. It's a hard two behind Atlanta. Okay, yeah, but that's not. still a strong two. Yeah, Atlanta's. It's like being second best behind Michael Jordan. Like you're yeah, still probably pretty good at basketball. You're excellent. Uh, All so, right, tell me about the Scotty Pippen of TV shows. <laughs> so Billions, uh, it's on Showtime. Uh, stars Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti. Uh, Damian Lewis is a billionaire, and he is a hedge fund CEO. I guess uh, he started it, and he does some. Uh, insider trading, uh, using the phrase, I am not uncertain, which means someone's giving him a tip about some company and the way their stock is going to go. And they know for sure, usually due to inside information, which way that's going to go. And Paul Giamatti is the, uh, what, Southern District of New York attorney. So the fictional equivalent of whoever just raided Michael Cohen's place in real life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And his basic, his entire world revolves around stopping illegal trading, essentially. So him and Damian Lewis uh, come to heads. Bobby Axelrod is his name in the show of Axe Capital. Uh, And there's a lot of uh, underplay and they kind of mess with each other's like family and or businesses. And uh, it's really good. And the dialogue is on point and it, uh, again, uh, tickles my entourage spot of lifestyle porn where, uh, I mean, you'll see Bobby Axelrod ripping down some like road and just a really fancy, expensive car with Metallica blaring. And it's awesome. It sounds like it also tickles your um, finance drama. Yeah. <laughs> As, yeah, it's plus Paul Giamatti is awesome. He is excellent in this show. He's he is his, very good. My his, favorite actor. Is that his most Paul Giamattiest? Giamattiest. Yeah, it's definitely a. I mean, when I started watching it only a few weeks ago, it was two seasons in, but I burned through those two weeks in like a matter of days. Like I was just all in watching one after another. Um, the way I've been describing it to people is that it's like a combination of The Wolf of Wall Street and House of Cards. Um, probably a little bit of entourage in there too, with like the lifestyle stuff, but what's great and what's interesting about the show, cause it is called billions and it is about really rich individuals, but it's not about who can, who can outmaneuver somebody in the business world or who can, um, who can get to this certain pinnacle of their own professional success faster. It's literally about, power and strength and their will over another person. Um, even for, you know, the district 
attorney of the Southern District of New York, Paul Giamatti, um, even he is, is, for him, it's about power too. Um, it's not about necessarily getting rich off of his um, cases or infamy. Yes, he, minor spoilers, he is going to start a run for governorship, but that's really a like third or fourth storyline in the show. I don't know if it's going to be. I think that's going to be a very large storyline coming up. <laughs> okay, well, it sounds like it's got plot that I'm going to I'm going to enjoy. Uh, is it going to have characters for me to connect to, to watch grow and not necessarily from like a, a science teacher to a murderer dealing math? Um, but is there I characters you latch onto and want to see develop through this plot? Yes. Yeah, Muffy. Muffy. Uh, <laughs> Wags doesn't really change, but he's fun to watch. Wags is a Hall of Famer. I fucking love Wags. <laughs> Axe definitely evolves. Wendy definitely evolves. Chuck definitely evolves. Taylor this is sounds like Paw Patrol right now. Man, Taylor was, Taylor was the best character. <laughs> oh, are these people like just like murder, sex, drugs, alcohol? Well, well Taylor's interesting talking? because they're the first non-binary gendered character like in a major tv show and yes i said they because even though it's a singular person they are i don't know if i'm saying that right non-gender binary or gender non-binary in the spoiler or the last time on billions uh bumpers <laughs> for every season two episode uh it cuts in with hi i'm taylor my pronouns are they there and them Yes, yes. That's, <laughs> and that's all you need to know. And that, that holds true to real life for um, Asia, something I forget what their name is, but that's just who they are, um, which is really interesting because I like that they added that. I thought they were lacking a little bit of diversity in the show because it is a lot about a bunch of rich white people. Um, but that that's another character that you might be able to draw some um, some interest in because they start out as like an intern and like they have no interest in like the riches and the money and they were going to go back and finish their grad degree I believe like in Chicago and studying I mean, under some professor <laughs> yeah eventually getting sucked in under um, Axe's almighty grasp and his control over people but yeah i billions is great it's worth the showtime trial to catch up if you feel disgusting about watching kevin spacey on house of cards and even though it's going to come to an end you can you can get that fix of great dialogue <laughs> power i was worried people. where you're gonna go with that <laughs> power <laughs> porn yeah that that power power struggle and dynamic amongst characters you could get that fully with billions all right well i i will have to check it out and report back uh on showtime you said sounds uh, asia kate dylan is that uh actor's name yes nice thank you boys i'll uh i'll get on that showtime subscription and and let you know if i can join the group chat again uh 
<laughs> Moving on to a show that we have some uh, uh, group chat divided. Um, one who doesn't watch, but uh, neutral. Two who do watch and are ready to do some some battle. Uh, World star. <laughs> the the HBO series Barry going back to HBO. All things HBO in this household. Um, Barry Bill Hader is a murderer. Uh, who decides he really likes not a burger, a hitman? Um, <laughs> who decides he likes acting? Uh, he's a, a veteran, um, so he's got some skill with the gun. Uh, he's um, Adam Driver, to be a deep character, and that uh, he's looking for his something he loves because he doesn't love being a hitman. Uh, Henry Winkler is in it, playing the acting coach. Sarah Goldberg plays his love interest. Uh, it's got the Bill Simmons stamp of approval. Um, Bill Hader, HBO. I should like this show, but I do not. Um, since you guys had the floor on billions, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer this one until Roger steers it back uh, to to try to get Jordan to watch this. So I'm gonna say, Jordan, don't don't waste your time. Don't make me grab that wheel. You're gonna want, <laughs> uh, but the execution just is not there for me. It apparently is a hot take because everybody on like Rotten Tomatoes and Google and Metacritic really like the show. But for me, it's an awesome plot idea. Love Hitman. I love actors, acting classes. That sounds amazing. Bill Hader, the main character, sounds amazing. Uh, except it feels like they built this plot lineup and then they like had to retrofit the characters back into that plot. And I, I just don't connect with bill Hader. like i never see him really depressed or emotional like it's always feels like he's either trying to get this kill in or get to an acting class or get this girl to like him but we never get to like him like we never have moments where he's just alone being a veteran who's come back from war and is sad and doesn't study his humanity very well yeah, it, it doesn't explore Bill Hader as Barry's humanity for me. Maybe I'm I'm falling asleep and missing it. I don't I don't want to rip it too hard because apparently this is a hot take. I didn't think it would be that hot, but um, I never see Barry outside of being a hitman and failing in this acting class. And we could have some really awesome scenes of being this horrible shitty actor in this acting class and Henry Winkler being the acting coach, like coaching him up. Um, and it's still not really working. And that being funny with then Bill Hader being an excellent actor and breaking down and crying and being emotional in his car or something. And we just, it's not enough of that for me to want to continue watching. Um, I just didn't connect. The take it's why done. Uh, yeah, I, I'll all right. <laughs> First off, no, uh, those are all very valid complaints. And I, I will be the first to admit that I could see where this show is not for everyone. That being said, I think it's really, really good. And <laughs> I mean, the biggest part of that is because Bill Hader is brilliant. He's one of the best comedic actors that we have currently, I think, um, based on his body of work in just about every comedy you've ever seen uh he can just disappear into a role and i don't know we're lucky to have him uh i i like the show 
partially because of the aesthetic. It's just kind of dark and brooding, but it, there are the funny moments, especially when he's in acting class. But I think the biggest um, thing the show talks about is just sort of his emotional state. Um, he seems like super withdrawn almost all the time. And I think like I, I took one abnormal psych class once. So, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah. Okay. So he's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they mentioned he's a soldier, I think just to give him sort of a basis for him to have some sort of PTSD or depression or poss- I mean, he's a hitman, so antisocial personality disorder or some sort of, I mean, if he's a sociopath, a lot of his, his actions and demeanor makes sense. And a lot of the humor that occurs in, um, excuse me, in the comedy class occur because Henry Winkler, the coach, is telling him, all right, you need to draw on these past experiences and you need to whatever, think of the saddest time you ever were to force yourself to cry or think when you were gener- like the most angry you've ever been to show rage on the, on the stage. And he's just completely emotionless and there's nothing there for him to draw on. So he's doing what he's always done and just faking it. Uh, and I, I don't know, I think it's a testament just to Bill Hader that he can act in a show where he's pretending to be someone who doesn't know how to act. And that's, I don't know, that's just kind of cool to watch. Um, I, I, the storyline so far, I will agree, has been pretty, pretty average. Um, I liked the initial setup where they fly out to L.A., like just kind of um, new guy in town walking around, being a hitman, trying out an acting class and wanting to switch lanes. Um, it, it all seems to just be revolving around that initial plot line with the, the Russian people and the hit that went wrong. And uh, I do wish we would get to see, I don't know, just more Bill Hader doing Bill Hader stuff instead of working for, I don't know, the the guy who assigns the hits. I don't know if there's a, a name for that guy. Um, M. Yeah, I mean, the M of Barry. So, I mean, there's definitely room for improvement, but through the four episodes I've seen, I've liked it a lot. And the action sequences that are there, which I have heard on podcasts that are more coming, have been, I mean, pretty good. He chokes out a guy and Bill Hader looks like a badass. And in real life, he's a huge dude who very well could be a serial killer. We just don't know about it. The best scenes are definitely the action scenes to me. And to elaborate uh, on your point of the acting class, it's very easy for me to critique something and be a hater. Um, And as much as I want to like this show, I want to give them the critique. Um, Again, I'm not smart enough to come up with this plot, but I think what would help me is if when Henry Winkler is invoking Barry to think about this really shitty time in your life so you can cry on stage, it would be amazing to have a flashback to Bill Hader. Oh, true. Something. And then to cut back from that shitty life experience to Bill Hader on stage and still not being able to act. It's just still sucking and not being able to connect with his emotion there. I get that. So for me, I think the show is coasting a little bit on the strength of its pilot. Um, in the past three, like I've liked the past three episodes, and I'm going to continue to watch. But I think a lot of the praise for this show 
is coming primarily from that very strong first episode where, I mean, he's hired to do a hit. He goes and puts, he just kills three dudes. <laughs> like, don't, it was don't, pretty stop, badass. don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. Don't make me shoot you. And all of a sudden they're all dead. And first discovering the acting class. I don't know. That was a really good episode of TV. And I hope that there's more coming from Barry that are like that, because that was really fun to watch and the last three have been good but not that good it's a 30 minute show right yes yes it's an amazing plot idea um i just am looking for more of the execution feel free to check it out well my general rule of thumb is to give a show three hours to hook me in so if it's an hour-long show just three episodes but if it's a 30 minute show then I would say, yeah, at least two more episodes. If it's like a 12-episode season, that's, that's getting you like halfway through. Um, it's peak TV season, though, Jordan. I don't know if I have that kind of – yeah, I've got that time. Okay. That, that's also true. Um, so I'm I'm like the Academy Awards in that I, I really You're like – no, I like <laughs> I like content that is about Hollywood itself. So whether that's like La La Land or – the artists, which the Academy loves. I really love shows like Entourage where it's literally just about the underbelly of creating things within Hollywood. So I think I would like something that is about somebody learning how to act. Um, it helps that they were a former hitman because I also love like anything hitman related, whether that's John wick or the equalizer, that's 100% my jam. Um, I might watch this, <laughs> but um, no promises. I still got to catch up on Westworld. <laughs> I'd say try the pilot out and then try the second episode out. <laughs> catch up. That's fair. The pilot <laughs> in um, and make you, I guess, stick to your three-hour rule. Then, if you watch the pilot, you'll you'll have to. The three-date um, rule. The three date rule. Uh, that's a great way to segue into rapid fire. Um, so, <laughs> like me after that third date, rapid fire. So I've got some quick questions for you guys. I gave them in advance, but I, I don't need a lot of discussion behind these. I'm just curious uh, to learn a little bit more about you guys. Uh, I'll give you an answer first to help you think for a second. So the first rapid fire. That isn't that rapid because I'm going to give you some time. Uh, is your favorite secondary character in any TV show that you've watched? Um, for me, it is it is Jared from Silicon Valley. Uh, mentioned him earlier. Um, my quick recap is just his side stories. Like, you know, so what? If you gave the guy a free peep, at least you know that uh, you're not a narc. So how about you guys? Roger, starting with you, favorite secondary character in any show? Um, I was thinking about this the whole time you were talking and I was trying to think of a second example, but the fact that I couldn't get, uh, Tracy Jordan from 30 rock out of my head speaks that's multitudes. A pretty damn good one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a really good pick. Nice. His parties are like Frisbees. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Live every week. Like it's shark week. Oh man. I <laughs> watching 30 rock. I might have to pull that one back out. We've watched the office and parks and rec recently. 30 rock might just be next on the it's docket. Like, it's like top five shows. Jordan favorite secondary character in any show, man. I'm trying to pull, 
pull something deep from one of my classic shows that I really like. Johnny I'm, Drama, nice. I, I was going to say Johnny Drama. <laughs> that was going to be my pick. So I was like, is, but I was thinking to myself, is Drama just a fourth main character or is he a secondary character? <laughs> it's tricky with Entourage. <laughs> it is tricky. Um, I, I do like Drama, though, because he is just, he's actually like a really, the most probably the most complex individual on that show. Um, he has like an anxiety disorder. He is angry. He imparts wisdom upon the rest of them at any given time. And he's just, he's funny. He's a good guy. But if, if not drama, if I can't go with him cause he doesn't meet the secondary character thresholds, I'm going with my homie, Mike Wags Wagner from billions because he is top shelf hall of famer. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, moving on to the next rapid fire. That's not so rapid. Uh, what would that be called? Just like average speed questions. Adequate um, fire. Adequate fire. There we go. <laughs> uh, one streaming recommendation. So a show that's already out. It's there. I can pick it up and take off with it, um, and not have to wait for new seasons to come out. Um, which now I'm realizing I listed a show that probably will have another season coming out. But for me, one streaming recommendation, uh, I'm going to break my rule again. I'm going to go with BoJack Horseman. It's got like, I don't know, six seasons out now. Maybe not that many, but I don't normally like cartoon shows, but BoJack Horseman kind of holds a special place in my heart. It hits on some great issues. It's very interesting characters and the, Animals serve to separate um, you from the humanity of the issues that they're dealing with to actually think about the issues, much in a way that, like, Family Guy uh, has done in the past. Uh, I've kind of given up on Family Guy recently and don't watch it, and BoJack um, picked up and covers some big topics and some really good character development for a cartoon show, and I love Will Arnett, so that's my stream recommendation. Go check out BoJack. Jordan? I am. Um, can I say Game of Thrones to get you guys to fucking watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> Not going to uh, do that. Sure, sure. No, no, I, I would actually have to say my favorite streaming option to go over. Um, I, I really like going over New Girl and just popping that up on Netflix. Uh, it's always funny to me. There's like not a time when I'm not laughing at a given point in that show. It's a simple sitcom with a simple premise uh just a bunch of four middle 20s somethings trying to make it you know trying to survive and um, lifestyle porn <clears throat> it is somewhat lifestyle porn because it's more of a lifestyle that i can relate to <laughs> how do you that, is it their last season coming out like the, the last right season the last season is coming out it has started um first the premiere was last tuesday um, but yeah, I, I always have love in my heart for New Girl. Awesome, Roger. Okay, so I have a okay, list. Yeah, you, ha- you <laughs> have to, need have to watch Thirty Rock, and I need you to watch West Wing or Don't Talk to Me. Those are the two shows that I need, I need everyone to have seen uh, Thirty Rock because it's brilliantly written and employed a lot of people that we hold up. Uh, I think Donald Glover is a writer for Thirty Rock. Or a spell, yes. uh, and West Wing because it's so so damn good. Um, 
Is if West Wing more like House of Cards or is it more like The Office? It's very much its own thing. It's somewhere in between there. It's like a serious drama, but there are definitely office-y moments. I picture it like Law and Order. It is better than Law and Order. <laughs> well, I mean, with someone who sat through a bunch of episodes of SVU that I did not want to sit through because that's what boyfriends do. It's better than Law and Order. Dun dun. Okay, if you could have one. <laughs> oh, hang on. I'm, my real sorry. My real recommendation is Big Mouth on, on Netflix. That's created uh, by Nick Kroll and John Mulvaney. Yeah, it's really really funny. Fred Armisen is in it. It's animated about two, um, I guess they'd be middle schoolers going through puberty, <laughs> the big P. <laughs> I mean, it's like all about That's these awkward topics that everyone experienced, and they are tackling, talking about it in a pretty funny way. It's a really good show, and I think it's well-written. And um, I think Jason Monsukas is the puberty monster, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I can't Great recommendations yeah. all around. Uh, moving on to the next one. If you guys could only have one app, so we, we are those cord cutters, those damn millennials. Um, if you only have one app to stream things, whether that be Hulu, Netflix, HBO, Amazon Prime, I don't know what else is out there. Um, if you could only have one of those, what's it going to be? Even though I said earlier I'm an HBO household, I, I'm going to have to go with Netflix for the fact that I love stand-up comedy too much. Um, and then I, they, they've got the market there, and that's what I love to throw on, the office to throw on when you're doing anything else. And then the occasional amazing shows like um, Dark for me, I really enjoyed, um, along with a million others. Roger? Um, I think the pick has to be Netflix. Um, I haven't watched everything HBO has, but if you're com- if somehow you found the time and caught up on Sopranos and The Wire and whatever, Band of Brothers, Sex and City, everything you want to watch on HBO, and you get to the point where the only things that are new on HBO are the things that are coming out every week, uh, Netflix is the better option just based on breadth of content. But that being said, HBO has like some of the best shows on TV that you could ever watch, and it's a very large catalog that uh, I think is pretty clear. It would take a very long time to get through, based on us none of us having watched all of like Sopranos and The Wire and being caught up on everything else. Game of Thrones as well. Oh yeah, um, that one. <laughs> Thrones. Uh, yeah. I guess I forgot to mention like Showtime earlier. Uh, you could probably throw that in as a streaming app as well on to yeah. you jordan are you gonna make it three for three for netflix <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna have to be in agreement. netflix isn't my like favorite like it's not my go-to but it's really nice to have uh, <laughs> it's really nice to have just to be able to throw something up on on the tv and play in the background whether that's you know a stand-up special that's an hour long or some of their original content that has been really good um they continue to focus a lot on a lot more heavily on the tv than the movies um which is where i might give somebody like uh hulu or hbo a leg up as far as streaming because i like their movie options better but if i could only pick one i'm going netflix because I guess, you know, <laughs> I guess watch All the right. throne and the last uh, adequate 
um, question, the adequately speed question. I don't remember what we said. Um, since we're going to be talking about Atlanta as our peak TV show, uh, if you guys were starting a show, what's uh, what's the best city to set this show in? Uh, I was going to be a douche and say the Ozarks, um, just because. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually going to go with Los Angeles. Uh, you can do kind of anything you want there. For me, like D.C., you have to stick to politics. New York, you kind of have to stick to finance. L.A., you can kind of do everything. Um, and jet lag over to Las Vegas, too, if you want that in your story. Roger? I mean, it obviously depends on your show, but um, I don't know. My pick would be New York. It's New York for a reason. All right, Jordan. I'm going to go Green Bay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Homer pick. What is this, Northcast? (laughs) Actually, yeah, I'm just going to go with Los Angeles because I, if I were creating a show, it'd probably have something to do with you know, the glitz and glamour of Hollywood lifestyle, or maybe it's just because I've cannonballed through like three seasons of entourage this weekend, (laughs) but that's, that's my pick (laughs) side story. I once had the amazing idea to make the, uh, the TV show entourage for women. And then I was reminded that sex in the city existed. (laughs) (laughs) So I have no, I have no original plot ideas set in New York. Just going to throw that out there. You only like New York because of Christmas movies. <laughs> I am Queens Boulevard. <laughs> uh, and now on to the main event, the peakest of the peak, the tippy top, Atlanta. Is Robin season a thing? Are we saying Robin season? No. Robin season. Of course we are. People it are is Robin season. Freaking Robin. That are not season two of Donald Glover, Steve Glover. Um, Atlanta. I have no notes here because I thought it would just be a uh, a nice little 10 minutes talking about our favorite TV show. Do you guys want to start with Teddy Perkins? <laughs> what is our favorite episode of this season so far? Uh, all right, we'll start with Teddy Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no kidding. Um, for those of you who haven't watched Atlanta yet, go do it right now. Shut off the pod. Don't listen to the end. Go watch you don't even need to know anything else. I think jump into Teddy Perkins, but uh, the episode is, I don't, what's uh, the character's name that goes to visit Teddy Perkins and pick up a piano. Darius. Darius goes to pick up a piano from somewhere. He doesn't know where basically, but it's a get out scenario um, with the creepiest acting job by Donald Glover uh, as a Sammy Sosa looking um, <laughs> like bleach skinned creepy Michael Jackson figure at like this old ass like plantation mansion like that's what it looked like it used to be definitely invoking Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah that's true 100% <laughs> It is Donald Glover giving his best Michael Jackson impression. And we haven't had confirmation that it's Donald Glover, but it's um, Glover. did you guys listen to the recapables recap podcast? Of the uh, yes. 
Yeah, so I think it was Micah Peters, and he came to the same realization as I did when I was watching the show. Is there was a portion where the Teddy Perkins character gets really angry at Darius, and you can just see it in the eyes. Like, you can see Donald Glover slash Troy from Community. <laughs> that look in his eye, and I was like... When he yelled, his Donald voice... Glover. When he yelled and his voice, like, went up to another weird level... I, I heard the same, like, tonations of Donald Glover. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can tell from the voice. And if you look at a picture of Teddy Perkins, he has a suspiciously Donald Glover-shaped head. <laughs> <laughs> they got the same hairline. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> God. Yeah, that episode is just so creepy. Like, the entire time I was tense. It was insane. And yeah. even on the second watch through over at Quinn's pad, by the way, uh, we, I, th- I, I felt the same apprehension and even knowing like how it ends and that Donald Glover is Teddy Perkins. It's just, I don't know, that's an excellent, how long is this show? 30 minutes? It, it was a 40 minute show with no commercials like that one specifically. Oh, well, Usually it's 30, but that one was 40 with no commercials and was, just, it was thrilling. Yeah. I, it, it's crazy how they keep doing almost like bottle episodes where it's, I mean, they used what four or five cast people for this entire episode. And it was primarily just Darius and Teddy Perkins and really no one else. And mm-hmm. I mean, they must just, the budget must be like huge. I would imagine that they are getting huge amounts of money to make this show and they make it beautiful, but they don't need to spend a lot on acting and, they turn out episodes like this that dominate pop culture and conversation for weeks on end. That's just insane. Well, there's a there's a really good episode. I forget the title, but the the van episode from season one, where it's just her having dinner with a friend, and there's like no trace of Donald Glover's character Ern, who is supposed to be like the quote unquote title like titular character in the story. Um, but he's just not there. And that's something that Atlanta does every now and then. And Teddy Perkins, he shows up um, with Paperboy um, in the car in a drive through And, like, that's the only scene. Last week's episode, he was just on a phone call with Paperboy. And you can hear his voice. And he has, like, two lines. And he's not seen throughout that episode, too. So it's just – it's bizarre. But it's, it's bizarre but... at the same time. Like, that is – amazing that a show like that is trying things so out of like out of the box i think he just knows that he has like such talent around him like uh it's what david tyree henry and um i don't know the guy who plays darius brian tyree henry thank you um but they are both field um from get out yes and snowden and Zassy Beats is Vanessa. I mean, they're all, like, tremendous actors. And, I mean, Donald Glover, obviously, is very good as well, but he just sees the talent around him, and there's it's very hard to go wrong. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Lakeith Stanfield can get a Emmy for this episode. So can Donald Glover. And at the same time, Brian Tyree Henry has had two Emmy-nominated performances in, the, like, in two different episodes, which is... Like, I, I think he's the greatest character in the show. I love him. Dude, I thought Van was awesome in Champagne Poppy, too. Oh, 
Champagne Poppy was a great episode. <laughs> My God. Like there are six, seven, eight, or nine examples every single episode of like just all of these actors being at the top of the game for acting. And the show is shot brilliantly and it just feels, I don't know, good to watch, I guess. Yeah, it's it's also super unpredictable. Um, like going through the Teddy Perkins episode, obviously when you get to the end, that's pretty freaking shocking in and of itself. But I thought there was a very good chance, like based on everything that you saw in the first season of Atlanta with like black Justin Bieber, the invisible car, just like playing jump rope with the realms of reality in this world. I was like, shit, Darius could actually die in this. Like that's something that they would just pull on this show because it's not something that is in the normal normalcy for a 30 minute TV show is just to kill a main character in a random episode and eliminate him from the plot. But like with champagne poppy too, I thought there was a very good chance that Drake was just going to show up in that episode. (laughs) Just, I thought he was going to be there, but at the same time you're like, well, there also could just be playing on Drake's namesake the entire time. Like they have. I thought for sure that was showing up at the end. I I did. (laughs) Drake was going to be in a costume and not be Drake, but he would be in the episode. I was convinced. Do you think they needed to get Drake's permission to do that episode? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I think he would have given it, though, so, for the record. Well, and we're forgetting also about the um, the Michael Vick appearance earlier in the season <laughs> where he's racing people outside of the street. It's Michael Vick. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah, it was actually Michael Vick, though. Dude, Cat Williams made a really good cameo, too. Oh, man. He, was, he put on some acting chops that I don't think I knew Cat Williams had. God, yeah, the season has been like insane. Atlanta's such a wild ride. I recommend everybody to watch it. <laughs> There's nothing better on TV, and there hasn't been since, once to say first aired, September 6th, 2016. It's been yes. excellent and worth the investment of time every single time it's on TV. I recently rewatched season one because it was on Hulu. Like, I, I realized, I was like, shit, season one came out like, two years ago let me refresh and going through the season again it's just as good and funny and really excellent of a tv show that you can knock out in like five hours because there's only 10 episodes and pulling it back to characters um even though the show doesn't always have like a consistent arc like you don't really see paper boys like development of a new album or like progressing the musical storyline there that much um one thing that really connects me is Earn and Van's relationship throughout the show. I think they do a ridiculously amazing job of like getting emotional in that they fight. And like, there was a chance that I literally thought we will never see Van again in this season. And she's just going to be gone for like six episodes. And then I don't know, two or three episodes later, it was, literally just a fan episode uh and we kind of got to see Ern being a fuckboy on instagram and her like still clearly wanting to be with Ern and still being like her own strange instagram chick trying to get herself in with drake and up her followers and make Ern jealous um and that like continues to carry it not that the rest of the plot and story doesn't also do an amazing job but 
damn, they have like everything I could ever want in a show here. Yeah, this is like if Sloane in Entourage got like her own standalone episode and then just like ran into like Vinny and Ian, the boys at a bar, but like not interacting with them. But just uh, followed Sloan instead of... But, but yeah, it just switches gears, which would be, I think, pretty fantastic. Yeah, I would but, watch that episode. Um, <laughs> one thing of note, too, about Paperboy's music, there is um, kind of an offline, I think, in the last episode where they mentioned that Paperboy's album or his song went gold. His track, something like that, went gold. Like, that's all you... It's... It's about the come up of Paperboy, but like you do not see the come up in any way. (laughs) Accurate to describe it as a story about a rapper coming up. Like, I don't think about that storyline very much. Yeah, yeah. And you still don't even really know what what we're going for in this season, other than I think there's going to be some issues with Earn being his manager, but that's that's like maybe a larger plot and each episode has its own separate thing. Like it's its own life. It's almost a procedural in that like, there'll be these one-off episodes like champagne or like Teddy where it does not progress the story whatsoever. And it's just a character exploration into the psyches of um, Van and Darius in those two cases. Um, Or like the couple with, um, with, paper boy where you're or do i have to say paper boy <laughs> you come <call him> al <laughs> uh, um where he's just trying to get a damn haircut or i mean it's god yeah the show is so good i'm really i'm always excited for thursdays now the past few and next couple of weeks Shouts to Florida, man. <laughs> Just an amazing job of plugging in. And there are so many quotable lines as well as you're kind of getting throughout this. Um, I think that's everything we've got. Uh, maybe we might have to do just a, our own Atlanta pod to dive deeper into these episodes. But uh, any last closing up m- remarks from you guys? Watch West Wing and follow me <laughs> at Raj underscore Podge on Twitter. <laughs> um go binge watch game of thrones um and atlanta if you haven't watched atlanta seriously go watch atlanta because you'll love it uh it's perfect tv uh follow me on on the twitters at jordan underscore smith 27 um look out for some other pod chat episodes um hopefully coming up more frequently um you can also catch me on the rb1 fantasy football podcast good plug nice nice plugging on i was your host this evening quinn kaiser at hello quinny on twitter and i'm gonna make a reach if you like atlanta please go check out high maintenance on hbo uh it's about a weed dealer um, but all of the other characters in each episode change and he's basically interacting with all these different people and he is the only one that stays consistent throughout. Uh, and it's just really interesting little like 30 minute episodes diving deeper in and connecting you to um, some new folks stories. Word. That's the best convincing you've done for that show for me ever. <laughs> I am almost certain that it sucks. I am not on <laughs> 